Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News Preview Show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening is Adam White. We've had one hell of a European midweek, but unfortunately no French teams involved, but plenty of crazy news to go through. But we're going to skip the actual headlines and jump straight into things. But do remember, for all the latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. Also, you can vote on our awards, both through our Twitter feed and on the website. Please do, for you 50% of your votes are included in our end-of-season awards. We're starting this evening with Paris Saint-Germain, who continue to have a little bit of a firestorm, really, and it continues in numerous different reports. It was particularly prevalent in the, the Neymar one we saw, Adam, uh, over sort of Tuesday night and Wednesday, was that he had an argument with Draxler during one of the games. One of the reasons he'd called out um, younger players such as Kim Pembe is that um, Tuchel had given some advice at halftime during the, the non-game and he, as captain, had essentially told to, said to, to disregard it, which he saw as disrespectful. Uh, and then also Draxler sort of calling out Neymar's selfishness with him almost saying pretty much who are you to talk really, which is not surprising on Neymar terms at least, but a couple of wrinkles going out. And then there's even the the strange one that came earlier today as well, where the, the, the Paris Saint-Germain's actual Twitter feed come in the a strange defence of Neymar almost as well, which seemed particularly peculiar for a, an official Twitter account to do it. It seemed very defensive and uh, unnecessary when we hear these reports about a number of clubs in, in these sort of situations, but the circus goes round and round and round at PSG at the moment. It really does. I, I really think that um, both of these situations that you mentioned and, and the Thiago Motta situation, which we'll get onto afterwards, later on in, in the pod, um, are kind of just sort of signs of the atmosphere and the, the state of play at PSG. Um, when you're a club so hell-bent on one thing which having achieved domestic success is European progression which obviously this season they didn't get anywhere with and and their European campaign ended into a disastrous fashion as it had a, has a number of times recently that becomes obviously very frustrating and there are a lot of competing ideas competing philosophies and competing egos around the club and it's not necessarily natural but it, it's it's Pretty likely that some of those competing ideas or competing philosophies are going to naturally sort of butt heads and when you pander to those egos as the club do they pander as you mentioned that 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 twitter um uh news that from the psg uh, official account on neymar and when you pander though to those to those egos as psg have to neymar and perhaps even to to antero henrique perhaps even i know that nasa al-khalifi is in charge but you, you get the feeling he's in, indulged a little bit, perhaps by the owners, then this feels like it's only natural. And, and when the club aren't succeeding, it, it, it sort of breeds this sort of crumbling kind of attitude, this crum crumbling kind of feel to the way the club does its business. And I think that the, 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 taking the first the first point with with the, the sort of unrest in the dressing, which is obvious, um, Interesting that Neymar said after the the the, stat, the 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 game at the Stade de France with with Rennes when they they lost the Coupe de France final. You know, as you said, he sort of criticised younger players, saying they didn't listen. They answer back when when the manager something and, and when when it's senior players do something, they answer back. And it seems that he was you know talking directly about that instance you mentioned with Presnel Kimpembe. And 
although the, the detail of that report is surprising, that the the fact that it happened really isn't the way Kempembe has is is probably a symptom of, of a wider issue at PSG. You know, he's come through the youth system. He's 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 for better or worse a PSG um, youth product. And he's in, his that is ingrained upon him. That the, the the PSG mentality, whether that is good or bad, is is ingrained upon him. And it's it's no surprise that these competing egos and these competing ideas and and the sense that they're of entitlement treating with Adrian Rabiot, which is a, he's another player in a similar position, sort of is is comes out via that sort of. A sense of entitlement, that that sense of arrogance, perhaps to 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 dismiss senior players and, and say what he did about about the manager in that dressing room with Nantes. And I just feel that it, the club is sort of coming apart a little bit. It feels like these sort of things uh, are just are just becoming increasingly common. And, and Neymar and Drax are falling out. And and as we mentioned, the Thiago Motta situation. And I I, I feel like this is coming back to the hierarchy. We can say a lot about the players. And we can say a lot about the the manager, but the the tone of the club is set by those in charge. And I feel that perhaps Nasser Khalifi's position is completely untouchable, given given that he's sort of a friend of of the Emir of Qatar. And I don't know how how he would ever lose his position. I don't, I don't know how PSG or the club perform badly enough for him to to lose that position. And Teo Henrique seems to fall out with pretty much everybody. We talk about Motta in a minute, but supposedly Thomas Tuchel as well. And it just feels like that most of, there are a lot of situations that one won't get resolved because they're too sort of ingrained within the club that this attitude and 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 various sort of higher up positions, um, and I, I I don't know how it gets better. It's 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 very difficult to say that they're going to change their ideas or their philosophy, and that later youth products that come through or players that have spent a long time at the club aren't going to have that sense of entitlement that Kempembe and Adrian Rabiot have shown. Yeah, and it's. It gets stranger because I, I can't imagine a, a, any player, especially someone like President Kimpembe, that even though he's had a poor season and you know he, he has done stuff, I can't imagine any player going, ignore what the manager's just said. Mm. It, it, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if this is maybe a miscalculation from Neymar's point of view, maybe even a language issue, maybe potentially that he's under. I, I suppose what could have happened yeah. is maybe uh, t- taking as a pinch of salt that Kimpembe maybe have t- said, let's not listen to what the manager's just said in terms of he's just shouted at you. Okay, let's ignore what he's just said in terms of getting angry at you. Let's calm mm-hmm. you back down. Maybe maybe consoling you is better if he has had one of those moments, getting them their focus back. And sometimes that happens with, with some younger players. It, it can really distract them. So maybe he was... He, maybe was trying to do the right thing in essence, but things like that can be lost. But it just, like you say, it just seems to be pandering to things and there seems to be no plan. And there seems to be, I can't believe that Antero Henrique is still in their job, really, to be fair, with, with all the things coming out. And then you look at reports today that they're thinking about keeping Kevin Trapp, which seems... Uh, utterly absurd compared to uh, yes he's had a good season at Frankfurt he's actually still playing at the moment in the the semi-final against Chelsea and he's had a really good season but you've got Buffon on the book at least until next season as well the, uh, and, uh, and if anything Ariola's been the best if not one of the best Paris Saint-Germain players this season so uh, are you wanting to unsettle him are you wanting to give Buffon less games after giving him so much money it just seems ill-advised especially when you can get a pretty good, sizable fee out of Kevin Trapp now, really, is the thing they should be thinking about is, right, he's had a real bounce-back season. Excellent. There's a couple of clubs in Germany that are looking for a keeper, including Bayern Munich, reportedly, and with Nana Neuer getting consistent injuries and getting up on age, and he may be nearing retirement in the next couple of years or so, that 
they, they may be looking at someone like that. You could get maybe a good 30 million, 35 million euros if you if you're lucky. It just doesn't seem nonsensical, and and we've touched about it briefly, um, Adam. It, 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 Thiago Motta's looking like he's going to be leaving Paris Saint-Germain um, this summer. He's currently the under-19s coach, but he's been frustrated by a number of things. He's not really spoken to the PSG board for, since December. He's been sort of thrown with, sometimes he's got a, a, a team of under-19s one week and essentially it's an under seventeen squad the next week because people are just moving here, there and ha- everywhere. He doesn't know whether uh, whether that will help the players, especially. I know they're obviously touching sometimes with the, the senior players, but it, it's not the perfect environment, he thinks, at least anyway, for that to help them grow by jumping from one level of football to the other um, so frequently. And they don't really have a structure and he's just feels like he's, he's stuck in the middle of nowhere. But at the same time, given how Paris Saint-Germain have treated a lot of their younger players and, and players coming through the system, it, it doesn't seem entirely surprising. And you can't really blame Motta, who is pretty ambitious, has been ambitious as a footballer, and I, I imagine that's carried over as a coach, that um, you're not surprised that he's thinking, well, this is a little bit of a, um, a bit of a cloud and you should really leave and maybe look at going somewhere else. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. I think there's something that you touched on there. You know, he's quite ambitious as a player, I think, and he's probably quite ambitious as a coach. He um he he's he was also quite uh, combative as a player, and I imagine that he's saying he's the same off off the field as well. And he's got a lot of interesting ideas. And and um, if, if looking into his the way he wants to play, there was talk of him playing his goalkeeper in midfield uh, um, in a two seven two formation earlier this season, which was which is very interesting. And I imagine he doesn't, um, he's not a yes man. He's not going to just sit quietly and, and get what he's given. And and and, and when he feels it's, it's wrong, he's not going to just take any rubbish, basically. And um, if, if he feels that he is being, you know, taken for a ride a little bit and he's not being listened to and he's, he's not being allowed to do the job he wants to do and feels he can do, um, he, he should leave because it, it sounds like he's got some interesting ideas and it would be interesting to see him in, implement them uh, with a consistent team at, um, at youth level for PSG, he could be a really interesting coach, and and um, it's a shame that it, it hasn't worked out because it, it, you know there were a lot of he was getting a lot of attention earlier this season um, when he when he started um, with the, with the youth squad. So although you know the, they, the, I think they were beaten by Liverpool quite comfortably in the way for youth league, um, but and also. Uh, I, I think that the, the nature of the the CFR uh, divisions, which are now national one, uh, two, and three uh, in France, and and the youth team um, squad and the under 19s and the 17s, there is a lot of moving around between those those teams. So it's possible that he, that's something he may not have foreseen at, at one point, and um, and it, it's just become a little bit frustrating. And perhaps at a club like PSG, there is a little bit more movement of the UEFA roof league, and and um, sometimes players even drop down to help the, the the CFR team if they're in trouble with relegation from their their national or CFR group. So there's, there there is, I think there's probably still another side to it. But yeah, it's a shame that um, it's not going to work out for him. It doesn't look like, but it feels like given like as i said previously that the, the egos of the club and the fact that entero henrico has kind of fallen out with everyone and Thiago Mata is quite a competitive personality anyway that this isn't really a surprise but um hopefully hopefully he'll he'll continue to have a, a coaching career because it'd be interesting to see him implement his ideas and you know he was an intelligent footballer and, and, and a very good player um as well as his career so i'm sure that he's still got a lot to offer 
yeah, combative, if anything, as well, to be fair. If if, if he's anything like his footballing days in management, he might butt a few heads in it. It's not surprising that that's happening here, but that's because he's forthright in his ideas and um, a little bit of a clown show, really, at PSG at the moment. They, they really need a good clearing out, not just of players, but um, a couple of those people maybe above the manager, and I'm sure the manager will be fighting for his corner because there's no uncertain terms that if things aren't sorted in the summer that, no way he's too cool living in that fire just to get all the blame he'll he'll uh, shut up shop and, and clear out the house as soon as he can and, and no doubt they'll still be interested in him in, in other sections especially in his, his home country as well maybe even Bayern Munich might have a look at him in in the near future oh, let's move on to more positive stuff and back into to Liga and now we've sort of skirted around the, the crazy news of the the week at least and we're going to start with the the, the earliest game that we have and that's uh, Saint-Étienne versus Montpellier on on uh, Friday night, important for both teams. Still, they're they're both still chasing a European place, although it's it's slightly more out of hands for for Montpellier now than it is for Saint Etienne, really, because they would need to definitely win this game and then have other results go their way. But we'll start on them, Adam, because Saint Etienne are obviously potentially closing in a Champions League place. But uh, this game essentially is Montpellier's season. If they win this, they still have a fight for fourth. If they can. Um, get a few results for Lever going their way. But if they lose this game, it's absolutely mathematically all over. And that's got to be a real motivator for them, hasn't it? Because in the last couple of games, they've been a bit iffy in the second half of the season, but Molle's had an excellent couple of months, I think, a couple of assists, a couple of goals. And they've not lost in four, won three of the last four as well, including that good win against Paris Saint-Germain. They've put themselves in position, at least. It's just seeing if they can give themselves a chance with a couple of games to go. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I think it's this the fact that they're sitting fifth and deservedly so. They've been better than Marseille overall this season. Um, whether they whether they end up in Europe or not, um, it's I think the season should be taken in the context of the other, or the, maybe the previous five seasons when it's been pretty clear that a top six gets you into Europe in league and with PSG winning winning both cups and um, the, the the fact that. Both cups this season have gone to effectively mid-table teams in Rennes and Strasbourg was pretty unthinkable at the start of the year. You know, PSG winning both cups was pretty pretty likely, and the, them losing them to Lyon or Lille after they're a good start, and, and or Marseille or Monaco perhaps at the start of the season was was relatively likely. But fifth not being Europa League spot was was extremely unlikely. Um, so I think Montpellier des- deserve a huge amount of credit whether they get into the Europa League or not because this is a comfortable Europa League spot in the last what, five years, maybe longer than that. Um, and Michel Dezakarian has had a has had a bit of an up and down career at Nantes when he, he was he was um, very def- very conservative and but built a very sort of pragmatic team and got results but never really managed to maintain European challenge couldn't really figure out how to do that and score goals dropped down to Reims in Ligue 2 only finished sixth seventh with them in 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 league Dirt, even though they're probably the biggest you know the, one of the biggest clubs definitely and one of the one of the biggest budgets and had a good use system couldn't really get them up and was very surprisingly given the montpellier job and he i think he's he's really learned from those two previous experiences and and he's really really sort of gelled a fantastic team signed the right players and they complement each other really well his style complements um the law and and laborde up front and the 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 creativity of Flora Molle, and they're a really good team. They're, uh, they've really proven themselves as, as a really competitive team in this league. And although I don't think they will catch Netian if they win tomorrow, they're away. So Netian are pretty good at home. 
Uh, it's pretty unlikely that they win. If they do win, they're four points off for two games to go. Snetian need just one more win from the last two, which is pretty likely. And they'll be looking at Leon above them, only one point ahead. So Snetian will be pretty motivated to win this game tomorrow. Um, but even if they don't, I think that Zakarian is a is a a, a long a, a long shot, perhaps for when we get to our end of year awards. But a, a, a contender for manager of the season if they finish fifth above Marseille and above Nice and above you know Monaco. Obviously, they're different contexts some, somewhat, but it's been a brilliant season whether they get into Europe League or not, and he deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, I think he's his name sort of lost, isn't it, in the the mix of Christophe Galtier, and then you think to David Guion and what he's done at. Uh, uh, Ranson and, and uh, Thierry Lorre at Strasbourg winning the cup and I think we even definitely need to throw in the name of Bernard Blackout at, at Nîmes as well and we'll come on to them a little bit later but uh, yeah they've been terrific I mean that's probably the motivation for winning this one is is Michel Desacaran should be saying to the club uh, and it's great to see him get an extension to his deal isn't it, it is, uh, I think it's another two years I think I, I saw reading it that onto his deal which is great for him because he's done a terrific job um although they sort of fell off the wagon a little bit in january february march time they have recovered quite nicely in, in april and, and the the speech on this one's pretty simple to the players is this is your last meaningful game of the season and yes it'd be great if we can try and stay fifth sixth but the lowest we could realistically drop is is maybe into seventh really depending with the amount of games left and that would be a tremendous achievement because, I mean, we quickly forget that we were tipping these to be struggling this season. We, we we all thought that they would be there or thereabouts around the relegation places and they've been nowhere near for the entire season, really. And that's true credit to the players, to the the, the recruitment of getting Delore and, and Laborde in who have been terrific together as and ha, as has Molle in the last couple of weeks. He really has impressed. He was good at Mets, but he, he's had a terrific season his first season in, in Montpellier and they'll, they'll be delighted. They'll want to keep try and keep holding him and, and Shkiri as well, who's had another uh, solid season. They've got Hilton for another year, which is the 41-year-old. He keeps on plugging away. You cannot put a good man down and he's going to have another year in Liga, which I thought this one would be his last, but he's proved me wrong as well. And credit to them for um, a fantastic season and possibly one last salvo here on, on Friday night. But the difficulty, like you said, Adam, is they're facing a Saint-Étienne side who are on fire with the, with the bit between the teeth because they're at home in this one with three games left and knowing that Leon have the tough game that we're going to talk about at the very end uh, later on. There's a, there's a real chance to even overhaul them there and get Champions League spot, which have been unthinkable before the start of the season. And they are on a tier. They have played their, well, their last seven games. They've won six of them drawing the other one that's incredible form to be finishing the season and uh, three games left can they keep the momentum going is the real question isn't it it is and um we talked about managers of the season there and when you think about where the club were when john louis gasset took over after that 5-0 defeat to leon last season which oscar garcia you know that ended his tenure and julian sabler came in and was well out of his depth and they just it was depressing to be honest they they were even thought about relegation at one point and in what 18 months making the closer two years he's completely turned them around and they haven't made the champions league and even though they did brilliant under gas and uh, uh christophe gautier they didn't you know didn't get into the champions league and although they competed they didn't, didn't make it and this is probably the closest they've come so to go from one extreme to the other in in what is a relatively short space of time it was really bad and after that uh, that Leon Leon defeat, probably the worst night in the club's history. To get into this point, and with Leon, you know, on their ongoing sort of implosion around Genesio and the new manager, 
only a point back. They've got to play some. They've got some difficult games. You've got to go to you know this game with Marseille. Celtic so, so will be fancying. They're not far off being favourites to finish third, which would be an amazing achievement for for Gasset. And one player I want to just highlight with this shout about Celtic is Remy Cabella. He's been absolutely brilliant in the last what eight games. He's been been unreal, and he's really found form that perhaps deserted him a little bit over the winter. And he was a little bit never played badly, but was a little bit on the fringes of games sometimes and and looked like maybe, you know, at 29, he's sort of pushing 30, maybe his career, one was winding down and two, he'd never quite reached the potential he showed when he was at Montpellier, uh, went to Newcastle, didn't really work out and setting he's had been up and down, but he's been running the team in the last in the last month or two and, and looks like the player that, you know, you, we hoped he would be when he was, when he was very good at Montpellier as well, obviously, but but that he would sort of sort of coalesce and flourish sort of into. Um, so, uh, yeah, keep your eye on Sinetian and, and for the rest of the season, you know, watch watch Remy Cabello because he's uh, he's really on fire. Yeah, it's it's great to see uh, um, him performing so well because, like you've mentioned, we really enjoyed him at Montpellier and we thought he was going to be a, a pretty big player, really, to be honest, in the the scheme of things. But um, it's, it's not really ended up that way, unfortunately for him. It didn't work out in Newcastle. It, it started well at Marseille, but dipped off. But he's been excellent in Saint-Étienne as long as a, a, a number of their players, really. It's been great to see. They've even started mixing in some some extra youth. We've seen some uh, some um, some players start to move in as well with the season. Robert Berridge has had a good set, sort of final third of the season we've had William Saliba who, who signed a new contract with the club as well with a fancy video and him getting startings next to like Perran that I don't think there's many better in the business to be learning off of really than than someone who's been a, a stalwart at Leverkusen for such a long time and it, it's great to see them um, performing so well and they'll just hope that they can convince Gasse to to keep playing the job full-time because I know there's there's omenings and arings from his camp at least anyway of whether he will continue and he really should he's been terrific I mean we would have been talking about them more if Lille weren't so so excellent that there wasn't really anyone who transformed as much as them last season but uh, credit to him and his players they've been tremendous and what a way to potentially cap it off as well if they can get Champions League football it'll be um, maybe a strain on their finances next season if they can get there and, and could even be a permanent place depending on who wins the Europa League so should Chelsea get through or in fact if Eintracht Frankfurt stay in, in their position and win it as well it will give um, third place an automatic spot which would be even greater so it'd be interesting to see how it how it phases out but let's get a prediction Adam um, what do you think the score will be in this one? Uh, I'm going for Sanetien win they're good at home 2-1 Yeah I think maybe this is a hurdle too far for Montpellier they have been good but um, Sanetien on a esteemed train at the moment, and they're going to put some real pressure on on Leon before they play on Saturday, uh, Sunday. They're going to have a whole of Saturday to think about it. So, yeah, I, I'm going for a, a three-two. I think this will be a really good game. It's going to be pretty open. Both sides know how important a win will be in this one, so they won't be really holding back, which will be great to see. Two more traditionally defensive sides, you would say. Uh, on to Saturday's action because two games with teams at the at the bottom of the table and. Starting with the one where it could really do some business, really, and some damage is, is Conras, because starting with the home side, Adam, they've been in tremendous form recently, getting the points they needed, really. That, that win against Wren a couple of weeks ago looks more and more important by the day as they hit that doubleheader we've been mentioning forever and and uh, them the beating Dijon and then 
managing to get a point against Gengob away from home as well in what was a rather remarkable game to be fair more than anything but you can't really put them away they're, they're in the relegation playoffs and admittedly there's also a chance that they could even catch Monaco now and we'll come on to them in a moment because they're worried and lucky behind their back and this game against France is, is a chance for them It really is um, I think it's been surprising there their sort of return to a relative form, you know, seven points from the last nine possible is really good. Um, and given the position they're in, they'll be, you know, really happy with that coming through that double hair that we talked about uh, for a long time on the pod being really crucial. And they've taken advantage of that. And they're only three points behind Monaco. Um, and there's a real chance, given the way Monaco are playing, I don't think they've won in six, six games down Monaco. Um, and Jardim didn't really have the answers at the start of the season. I'm, it's questionable whether he does now too. And um, there's nothing to say that they could keep losing. They could lose here to Nîmes, who are really on form as well, playing fantastic football. Con against Reims, who are the opposite, uh, also in a really abject kind of run of form. Um, and, you know, pretty upset to have lost their chance of European football, I would imagine, and have dropped off. But they could be level on points with, with two games to play. And um, Connor finally finding some sort of some some quality i think is is probably the most sort of the best way to describe their <clears throat> excuse me their 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 run of late i, I really like Fasel fire he's been been really really good scored the goal but he maybe slightly flukely i think was it meant to be a cross or not against dijon but he's definitely got a lot of technical ability and and has really he's catching the team's only been there one season and has really dragged them dragged them through of late never ever gets rested or taken off pretty much started pretty much at least sort of since sort of August September, he's played every minute of every league game. And without him, they, they probably wouldn't be in with much of a chance. And and he's really taken sort of the ball by the horns and, and dragged them in back into contention. So this is a huge game. You know, two games to go, you're getting to the point next week where it'll be relegation or, or staying up time. You know, the, 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 if results go one way or the other, you could you could end up in one of those two situations. And um, at the moment, although we talked a lot about Dijon after Kumbari took over, Con looked by far the most likely and they're in the best form of the bottom three. So Monaco should be worried. I think that they're both sort of trending in opposite directions and, and Con could easily catch them this weekend. Yeah, it's been funny, isn't it? I mean, for, throughout this sort of relegation battle, we've said Con's probably the weakest squad. It's probably the one that's in the, the least amount of form that can straw to get goals but at the same time what they've ended up doing is stopped conceding them i mean they're not conceded in three games really so far picking up those seven points and it's been massive for them really having that uh that sort of defensive solidity is is has really changed them because they were just getting battered in some games really they were getting put to the sword very quickly and, and losing quite heftily in the end especially through that january february march period where we thought that they were just goners really but they've They've pulled together. They've got Bruce Samber in, in the form of his life, keeping uh, them at bay as much as he can, really. And uh, and they've gritted out some results. I mean, the game against Nice was not the prettiest, but they grounded out a result. The, the game against Dijon, like you say, their goal was pretty lucky, but they grounded out the result. The game against Gangomp, they had a, a couple of chances, but half chances. And same with Gangomp, really only really had half chances, but they grounded out the result they needed and the point they needed. And even if they don't, end up catching Monaco, even though there's a chance now, which should be real incentive for them um, now. But there's there's a real chance that they get a relegation playoff. And, and with the gritty style that they've got against anyone, that you, you, you 
fancy them really to to pull out the result that keeps them in in league on and, and what gives them possibly even more hope now and, and possibly more hope than they would have done if they looked at this fixture list maybe even a month ago is that rats have really fallen off the cliff in the last couple of weeks adam they've, they've not played as well in in March or, or in April, as they had done previously, they were excellent during that that period where they'd risen all the way up to fifth. But ever since the the turn of the April month, they they lost to Strasbourg. Draw the draw to Lille was pretty good. They drew to Monaco, lost to Saint Etienne, drew to Angers, lost pretty heavily to to Nîmes as well. A three 0 defeat. I mean, those two defeats, especially at the tip and the the end of it against Strasbourg and Nîmes, you couldn't have imagined them conceding more than two goals in a game previously. But they've let They've let their standards slip a bit recently, haven't they? Are they sort of relaxed, thinking that we're safe now, the, the European thing is gone, and we might as well just try and enjoy our football for the rest of hmm. the last half of the season? I think there's possibly an element of them losing a little bit of intensity now that they're pretty much, you know, they're probably fancy themselves finishing the top half, and the European, the European dream, if you like, is, is, is evaporated with that Ren uh, Cup final win. And they, they've definitely been a lot less. Organ. It's different to say they've been less organised, but they've they've just been a little there's been a little a little less defensive rigour from 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 Reem in from Rons in the in the last couple of months, which which was sort of their trademark in the first half of the season. And I think they tried to be as I've mentioned before on the pod. There they, was a little with the addition of Arbizanelli. There was who's that the uh, the attacking sort of wide wide player sort of playmaker inside forward. Um, there was an attempt to be a little bit more expansive, and, and as I said, Bruce, that might have upset the balance a little bit, and they've they've started to just be a little bit more porous and, and left a little bit more space, and it, their their attention has shifted perhaps from being a team that's difficult to beat to a team that's going to go and win games, and I um, perhaps while that's very admirable, perhaps they weren't ready to to make that shift just yet. Um, from from David Guion and and their recruitment's been really good. You know, you look at the players they 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 have added both in the summer, um, having lost a lot of players that got them promoted, and and in the winter with, with the addition of Zanelli and Baba Raman is technically a, a decent signing for a couple of runs. He's been pretty rubbish, but you know that was it was decent getting him in the first place, I suppose. Um, so yeah, that's one explanation. The other explanation is that that the first two thirds of the season were more form than they were. Um, overall quality of the team, which makes the start of next season extremely important because this form is isn't far for relegation form in the last couple of months. You know, I think they've won one one in seven. They're, you know, they haven't as you listed their results there, and and they've they've been pretty poor. And if they were to play like that for a whole season, they'd probably go down quite comfortably. Um, and it's although players like Matthew Caffaro, Remy Udan, who's got he's got ten goals to be fair to him. Uh, Javier Chevavalan um, and one or two others at Unicef de Hamid. Before the start of the season, they were seen as you know, the, you know, obviously there's a, a, a good degree of development and a degree of progression as a club as a whole, but they, they weren't seen as le- necessarily of league and, and quality. You know, the players later in the career, Cafaro aside, Rudan obviously aside too, but Chevalan and, and Abdul Hamid and, and players like that, um, and and perhaps. The, the organisation that Guion instilled in the team and the the sort of bounce after winning League Dirt and um, the their sort of their form is is 
was the determining factor in their results rather than an overall quality of the team. I think that's maybe a little bit harsh to say to say that, but it's possible that it, there's an element of that. So next season will be really crucial. Um, when the sort of if it gets to September October and they're still playing at like this, then they should be very worried because you know that's they just sort of continue the form from the previous season. I think one thing they'll need to look address over the summer is signing a, a genuine central forward. Um, I think. Uh, although Pablo Chavaria has had his moments this season, I don't know that he's he is of the he's ever really shown himself the quality to to get get them what double figures, which obviously Udan has. But I don't know if he could be relied on necessarily going forward to do that every year if they're going to stay in league in longer term. So although Pule Dio, I like him a lot. Uh, Twenty two, he's broken through this year and perhaps taken that that position away from Chavaria. Again, I don't know if he's necessarily shown that he's he's going to consistently get them lots of goals uh, from that position. So central forward. And perhaps just regroup and go back to what made them productive in the first half of the year. And hopefully by the September, October international break, we're talking about the the runs that, that we had in the first half of the season. Yeah, and that, I suppose that's also the thing they'll have to think about in the summer as well, is that there's going to be someone coming in for Remy Udan as well. There's, there's, there's going to be offers that they're going to have to sift through and, and either stick away from if they're not paying enough or, or unfortunately let him go on to pass, uh, pastures new. He's been terrific for them, really, but uh, they'll be the first to admit that maybe he might be outgrowing them a little bit and replacing him will be difficult. But at the same time, we thought losing Sibacho and, and, and others uh, last summer would be um, the hammer blow for them, but um, they, they've they've been really excellent, really, and I, I don't mind them taking the foot off the gas a little bit. It's just been a shame that they've not been able to, to keep the scoring beats up more than anything. They've not been able to to try and hammer in what they had sort of regained really from from that when they beat Montpellier four two on remembering in the even the two two draw against Amiens, but in the last couple of games really you look look back at their recent results through April and there's only there's only two goals in those six games which is pretty worrying when we thought they were starting to find their attacking intent and that's why like you say why they need a striker why they need maybe a compliment to to Zanelli to to find and and maybe. Maybe even look at sending Baba Ramen back because he's not. He's not. I don't think he quite fits their philosophy, and he made an awful mistake at the weekend to allow uh, to allow Neem to get back into it. But let's get predictions then. I, I, I'm going for a one-all draw in this one. I, I can't see Com being strong enough to to pull off a win against Ras. I, I don't think they've got uh, the moxie in them at the moment, unfortunately. But uh, it's going to be a close one. I don't think Ras are going to run away with it in any shape or form. But what do you think it will be, Adam? I'm going to say Caen one nil. I think that you know Rons are a little bit on the on the beach and 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 as over the various factors we just discussed and Connor in some decent form and they need the win a lot more. So I'm going to go with Caen one nil just. Yeah, it's going to be really really interesting game that one for for that bottom of the table fight. But the other important game for them really because. If they are to win that game, Con, they, they would love for, for Monaco to be dropping points. And they've got uh, an interesting game, a tricky one, especially against Nîmes away from home. And, and speaking about the home side first, really, before we come on to, to Monaco's recent woes, is Nîmes have been in excellent form in the this latter stage of the season, really. The last six games, they've won four of them. Um, the defeats coming against Marseille and, and Lille, which is nothing to be really embarrassed about. But a 3-1 win against Rounds was excellent in the much like we've mentioned how disappointing it was for 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 refs to to, to lose three nil to, to Nimitz. But they've been uh, were absolutely excellent in the game. They're scoring a lot of goals at the moment. They're getting back to that free flowing style that we saw at the first half of the season that maybe 
they couldn't quite recapture all the time in the second half of the season. But uh, they've been really excellent climbing up the table. They'll potentially even finish higher than Rast um, now as well. They're getting goals from all different places. And your favourite player and our favourite player now as well, Teji Sedevani, has had a tremendous season as well. Yeah, he really has. He's been unbelievable, really. And uh, I know I've talked about him on the pod before, but um, top assister in Liga and more than Pepe, more than Angle Di Maria, who's got, got 12 assists. And considering that he's not a forward, you know, he's he's a, effectively a defensive midfield player. He usually plays as the central or the deepest of the three midfield players. To get that many assists for a promoted side is unbelievable. Um, and just I think it's just watch, watching him play, um, uh, watching him play every week, it's, it's just... He just dominates games effortlessly. It's it's amazing. And given he's 27 and, and and he's been around a while, he's been at Nîmes and he's been at Arles and he's been at Montpellier when he was younger. I'm surprised that, that he hasn't been picked up on. I know our league dirt analyst, uh, um, Bill Gain, who, who's been on the pod previously, talk about league dirt as well. He um he, he really liked him when he, he, he covered them in, in the second division and say what a good player he is. And and the fact that he's been able to translate that to 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 league in really is a testament to his quality and his his passing is is perfect his the, the way he the way he sort of drags his team forward dictates play uh, it's amazing and i i think that there are two things to say about neem here i think we talked about rons just now um and the two differing seasons neem are above rons in the table and we talked a lot about how good rons are but neem will probably finish above them given the way they're both playing at the moment so it's difficult to say who's had the better season i know that ron's transfer open then dropped off and then neem have had this late run but at the end of the season neem might have more points so where do we where do we place the value on 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 that form or though that later run which one is 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 more worthwhile i know maybe there's an element of teams dropping off and and, and being a little bit lax towards the end of the season from from ron's point of view but neem you know more points you can't argue that they they've arguably had the better season they've been really fantastic to watch and scored a lot of goals and savannah has been 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 sort of central to that the only thing is what happens if he's not there and um although this this Neem team are very exciting to watch. They've got some good attacking players. Dennis Buwanga, I like. Tela Tubes had some really good games this season, especially in the first half of the year. Anthony Bobichon's good for a spectacular goal. Sofian Alakush is a very good right back and, and probably only 20, probably won't be there too long. If say Savonia goes to, say, he could go anywhere in the league. And he could, say he goes to Marseille, which would be a perfect fit for me and the type of player they desperately need. And and he, he, he I honestly would would back him to, to run that team like he's run, run Neem. I don't know what happens to Neem without him, um, because although Bernardoni is a very good goalkeeper, he's 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 capable of being a bit flappy. Anthony Brionson is is also a little bit clumsy at centre back. They haven't really got much support alongside him at all. They've done they've done well to get away with not conceding more goals. To be honest, with with a pretty leaky defence, they don't really have a, a goal scorer. Um, um, they've sort of switched between Rashid Aloui and, and Umut Bozok, who got a lot, got 41 goals in League 2 between them, but neither of them have looked League 1 quality. And Batchis Guillem has, has come in as well, who I personally think is a pretty pretty awful player and has, has had has a pretty terrible season, even if he was in the team at the start of the year. So there are a lot of holes in this team, and, and to be honest, Savonier is carrying them. So if he was to, to move, I would be really worried for them. And uh, Bernard Blackout, as we, just, as we discussed previously in the pod, isn't um, necessarily going to stay they haven't really i don't think they've announced whether he's going to stay next season whether he is going to stay and given he's done a really good job with limited resources and honestly a limited resources in terms of playing stuff he could easily be poached by a, a bigger club in the division so while this is a fantastic season and they could finish eighth 
it, that would be an amazing return. If Savernier goes and there's a lot of interest in him, he probably will go. Although he's he's a bit of a sort of a home bird. He doesn't. He still lives in Marseille with his with his family and and his parents and and has been reluctant to move further away. Um, so he could still stay. But if he goes, if he you know if he does go, they'll be in, in real trouble. But overall, I think we should probably say that you could argue Neem had the best the best season out of the promoted teams and they finish eighth. Um, Blackheart's another contender for manager of the year. Yeah, so, sound the uh, Adam says Savanier is a home bird klaxon because <laughs> that, we've <laughs> mentioned it on Monday's show as well. That, that, that I know you, that, that we mentioned a bit uh, frequently, and he, he has been tremendous. To be fair, we, uh, we can't really say superlatives enough. I mean, I, I don't think I think it's pretty surprising he wasn't on any sort of best of league and list in terms of official ones. I know, uh, wink wink, the GFFN are definitely showing him some love. So do go and vote for him because he's been terrific this season compared to a lot of midfielders in Ligue 1 and Marseille does seem like a great fit even is his age he'd be an excellent addition to their to their creativity from deep as well but like you say it's interesting to try and compare the difference between Ras and, and uh, Neem's season because like you say Neem didn't really bring anyone in to be fair during the summer there wasn't a massive overhaul of players whereas Ras lost a load of players, but at the same time, especially in January, brought in a fair few. So it shows you that both ways work. It shows you that both Ras's incredible defensive solidity in the first half of the season and, and Neem's uh, gung-ho attacking style both can kind of work in this division and should give hope to those that are, are coming into Liga next season in a blueprint of, of how you can do things because, you know, there's not one way of playing football. There's not way of one way of playing winning football either and uh, it's great to see both have shown it and maybe I think from my opinion Neem may be shaded just because they play fun football more than anything but on to their opponents because we've mentioned a few times that Monaco have, have quietly slipped really in the last couple of weeks they had that turnaround once Jardim came back in in February and a couple of points in March as well but since then well, since they're winning against Lille they've not won in six now they've picked up three points at that point, the three draws and, and three defeats, one coming against Paris Saint-Germain and the other Saint-Étienne last weekend, but you know, one against Colm was a bit of a, a head-scratcher. But at the same time, like we say, they're only three points above Colm now. They need the three points, although they can say that they've got a great game against Amiens next weekend as well to, to try and add some extra ability to the point. But they're really, really out of out of sorts at the moment. Yeah, they really are. Um, and I can't help but think that, okay, there were two ways to look at this. The, you could say that it's been an awful season overall. It's been a roller coaster with Henri and Jardim being sacked and then being begged to come back and and um, heavy defeats and, and really abject performances at once at one time or the other. And now Jardim's given a bit, been a bit more control that it's just get past the season. It's just, we're just going to get out of the way and we're going to regroup in the summer and we'll be, you know, something back to something close back to normal in in at the start of next season you know they get, get the players in and uh that jardin wants and and build a squad that he's given even more control to build um and they'll be fine assuming they stay up um but you could also argue that that they're a team that have have ingrained issues and that and when they were struggling at the start of the year, although I don't, I honestly at that time I would have said that getting rid of jardin was a bad idea because he's a great coach a fantastic coach as we've said before so many times um and and he would i honestly thought at that point i was sort of of the opinion that he he would have found 
you know, he, he I would have backed him to find answers to, to their issues, but he's come back in. Okay, there's a lot of damage left over from the Henri debacle. But after that new manager bounce, when, you know, they seem to sort of regroup and they seem to be a little bit of a release, as there often is when, when you know, they, they, they there's a change of coach. The last six games, they've been really poor. And you look at their squad and it's ridiculously good for for, for their position. It's a, it's it's probably better than Sinetien's. It's probably the fourth best squad in, in the division. It's, it's probably better than Marseille's. And all right, it might not be up there with Leon, Lille, or definitely obviously not PSG. But on paper, they're the—I would argue—they're the fourth best team in in the division, and they're struggling at the bottom of the league, despite the fact that Jardim has been back been back for a long time now. So, does he actually have? Is it just the case that the relationship, in in an emotional sense, in a in a way that he connects with the team and the squad and and the, the fan base and the club in general, is 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 bruised or, or broken is is it just not going to work is it just not the right fit anymore um he didn't have like i said very briefly he didn't have the answers at the start of the season and, it, and it's beginning to, sh- to look like he doesn't now so was it the right idea to bring him back maybe it would it will probably keep them up because i think they would have got relegated under under Henri if he'd stayed to the end of the year um obviously there would have been other options if they got when they got rid of Henri to, to bring in other coaches but They've sort of. I don't know how they are they going to get rid of him again if this keeps going. If they keep playing like this and uh, into next season, it's it's really difficult to know where the club is going. And I just feel I've got a horrible feeling that the Jardim Monaco relationship came to an end. Um, at, maybe uh, contrary to what I said when he got sacked, maybe it was the right time, and that he he perhaps can't. It, it's it's sort of beyond his control a little bit now, and and and. He hasn't got the answers that he didn't have previously. So it's a really interesting situation. And I imagine there'll be a lot of turnover in the summer. And they'll probably start the team with a next season with a vastly different squad. Um, but even so, they've got the tools to do much better than they are doing now. And, and they've had the time to, to, to gel to some extent. And given the quality around, they should be far better. So I've just got a horrible feeling that Jardim, although I, I really love him and he's a, he's a brilliant coach, um, it might just not be the right fit and getting him back might have been a a, a bad idea. Mm, it's, 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 it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think they quite clearly need a, a, a big clear out in the summer. They're, they're, I don't think some of these players are, are working hard enough and they'll be pretty satisfied that for one thing in terms of at least financing that, that Tielemans has had a, an excellent second half of the season with Leicester and that's going to fund some, some of this cash, at least anyway, if they don't decide to try and keep him in any shape or form, or and then you know they 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 need a lot of players to be fair. Uh, you, like you say, the, the squad on paper looks incredible, really. It looks like it should be much much higher, but you start to dive into it a little bit. Daniel Subasic is he's a little bit injury prone. Uh, Diego Benaglio has been a little bit as well, and has been pretty poor, really. In all honesty, when he has played and. Sedouci is nowhere near good enough to, to play at this level. And then you move into the defence, and I can't imagine that I can't even look at any of those having a good Sivas. And even Benoit Badiashile has had a couple of moments, but it's a pass because he's young more than anything. I mean, Fodi Balatore has gone and sunk into the same problems that um, he had at Lille last season. And it's uh, I mentioned on Monday show, watch the spoon and goal because it's, it's utterly dreadful really I can't understand how he's even attempted to try and do that he could have even taken the time to take a touch but it shows the erratic nature they've had this season that they need three defenders minimum really I mean they brought Naldo in and he's done nothing they've brought they've still got Raggi on the books and he's not 
too old, too slow. Camille Glick's taken a huge step back. Jemison is reverted possibly even worse than he was before. Um, he had that little uplift in the season they won the league. They need at least three defenders. And then you even move into midfield. I mean, it's just full of disappointments, really. Uh, Aolo uh, has been terrible. Golovin has been awful. Lopez has taken a step back, even though there has been injury issues. Uh, Chadley, be useless. Uh, Adrian Silva, okay, but not great enough. Fabregas, he's had zero assists. That's enough for me to, to let you know. That's his, That's the main reason you bring like a player like that in and he's not been able to achieve it. I mean, the only one who can really admittedly hold his head up high for me, really, is, is Gelson Martins has at least tried to do something since he's been back in. But I don't think any of these players otherwise can, can really do something. Maybe Falcao as well, but um, maybe they look at trying to sell him as well to try and improve. But th- there's a lot of differences they need to make in the summer. And uh, they could be dragged into it, really, because it's going to be a tough, tough game at the weekend. Uh, Adam, what do you think the score will be? I I fear for Monaco a little bit here, um, but I'm going to give them a, maybe say a draw to each. I think this is going to be a two 0 Neem win. Um, I, I've been really disappointed by Monaco, and I think they get enough points in the game after that against Amiens. I think they maybe get a draw, and and Kong haven't got enough maybe to get like a three points to catch them up. But uh, they're going to maybe need to rely on other people to be much worse than them to really avoid that relegation playoff. On to our final game of the weekend and it's the big one really but you'd be surprised if we were leaving this one out really and it's Leon versus Marseille it's massive for for both sides uh, I want to start with Marseille really because it, it it matters a little less to them than it might have done a couple of weeks ago because they're practically out of the European hunt they would need Montpellier to get something at Saint-Étienne to even stand a chance and even then they've got to then catch Montpellier which makes it even more difficult so European football seems out of the question for Marseille but reports um, starting to link them with players maybe in the summer and a fantastic one that I really enjoyed Adam and thought we'd have a little bit of a chat about is the rumoured um, approach for Rangers striker Alfredo Morelos which some are saying maybe is a replacement for Balotelli but I'm desperate to see what could possibly be the most fiery strike partnership in the history of football aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it really could be. It could be uh, extremely competitive, uh, as the word we used earlier, uh, if they were to be paired up front together. I, th- I think that would be an interesting signing, but I think there's a big step between, not necessarily, you know, Rangers are a big club, but in terms of quality for sure, between Marseille and, and Rangers and the divisions they play in. And <clears throat> Although I like, I think Morales is, is, is an interesting player and, and is definitely got definitely talented. Um whether whether he's the answer to any of the problems at Marseille, I, I think is is very doubtful. I think first of all, Balotelli has proven himself in in Ligue 1 when he's happy. First seasons at Nice, he was very very good. Um, got 33 and 51 games in his first two seasons. It's a great return in a league that's not easy to score goals. Obviously, this season he did the classic Balotelli thing. Wasn't didn't get what he want, and sort of there was a bit of toy throwing, and didn't score at all in his ten games of Nice. But since he's coming to Marseille, he looks happy again. Looks like he's 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 up for it basically, and he's what eighteen twelve. And if they have to keep him somehow uh, going into into next season, he, that should be number one job. Um, in terms of other other additions, um, I think I, I was writing about them this week, and I think. That there, that there's a, there's going to be an issue with with finances. There was a, a deficit of of sort of 70, 70 plus million announced at the end of last season. They're going to be worried about FFP 
Frank Frank McCourt has said, I think he said three seasons ago, perhaps they look to invest 200 million over the next four years. And uh, uh, Jacques Henri Hero uh, has, has said already that they've invested 160 to 180 million already. So that if, if assuming those two figures are correct, they're nearing sort of the end of that inv initial investment. Although they have said they will continue to invest, but even so, there isn't much money around them, Marseille. And with those two factors, they're going to have to sell players. And I don't know how they would go about making to, like enough, making enough money to to replace the players that they sell, basically, because they're already a relatively thin squad. I think, especially in in midfield, at times they can be they can be a little bit exposed. Um, and all right, they might be able to sell Kamara, who's obviously very good a teenager. He might get twenty, thirty million, possibly. More, uh, Morgan Sanson, there's talk of him going to the Premier League again for a similar sort of sort of amount. I don't know how Florian Tuvan goes for the 50 million they were talking about last season. You know, there's been issues with his agent and um, Tuvan being upset that he hasn't sort of been able to drum up enough interest, which, although I actually think he's actually been okay this season, has still probably been comfortably one of Marseille's best players. Think about the game of Amiens where he scored a hat-trick, brilliant hat-trick in 1-3-1. One, one, there have been instances like that. They have been rare, but overall he's actually been pretty decent, but still nowhere near the level of last season. And I don't know how they get 50 million for him this season. Um, and there are a lot of older players that have been holding the, the club together and they're on higher wages. Yes, so it'd be good to get rid of them, like Adol Rami, like Rolando, perhaps even like Luis Gustavo, although I would be pretty against getting rid of him because he's when, when he's on form, he's really, really good and the fans love him and he and really represents the club well. But there are players like those guys, Pyatt too, who are on high wages but aren't worth anything. So they can't really... Well, Pyatt maybe would, would get a decent fee, but the others won't um so they haven't got the they haven't got the capital both it seems um from from investment they're worried about ffp and the squad won't make enough money to buy a better squad if you like so it's really worrying times for marseille and i think that this crisis that they've been going on for seems to be going on for for sort of five years where the only the only sort of bright spot was the Europa league final haven't made the champions league what since 20, 2012 i think um for 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 a fair while um and and it just feels like this is just what marseille are now they they they're such a huge club and and um i would argue france is historically france's biggest um but they they've this sort of champions project hasn't worked the squad isn't working and it just feels like there isn't a way out. They've sort of, they've bought terribly. And Zubi Zaretta was, uh, the sporting director was linked with Arsenal. I don't know why, because I don't think he signed any good players. And I think Dujay Kertachar maybe is the only one that's worked out. And he only got a second chance in the team after others were were in bad form. So, and you know, you look at people like Matroglu who didn't work te terrible, really, in some some games. Uh, Vlad Germain hasn't recaptured the form, although I, I like him, but I don't think he's recaptured the form he had at Monica or Nice. Um, there's Radonjic, 12 million for, for Nemanja Radonjic, who's been completely out of his depth. I just think that this that this is the worst it's been at Marseille for a long time. And they can't really be said to be in crisis anymore because this is just the new normal for them. It's been the same for four or five years and the, the Champions Project just simply hasn't worked. Yeah, and then you think, like you say, that Strutman has been really poor. Um, yeah, definitely. A, lot of, a lot of Roma fans had it, sort of warned them about it and they still went through with it really the, the, but they were delighted to get their money through for him and then, then you think that uh, as well when they're linked with someone like Morelos who is talented but has had five red cards this season 
and the diff i've watched him a few times for ages he he's probably i don't think he's quite ready for a marseille level i think he's probably mm. mid-table league table ready to to then test further but his disciplinary issues are awful i, I don't mm. think anyone could touch him with a barge pole really I, he, he's he's so he's he's so risque at getting something like a sending off and what's even worse is what he maybe needs to remember is that scotland doesn't have var france, france does really if, if you do some <laughs> of the stuff that he hasn't been caught for or being caught for afterwards it may mm. possibly be be even worse so I, I don't see the the worthy of investment i think the only reason they're thinking about it is because the port fee is around 15 to 18 million which in, in this kind of market for that kind of player is actually pretty good but it's such a wild risk because he can be such a um, erratic, almost insane person. I mean, Gerard's even mentioned he's not sure how to control him and stop getting <laughs> red cards. And if he's someone who's led a team to a Champions League for, uh, winner to win a Champions League, it, it can't do it. Then who can really? It makes it even more difficult and, and crazy I, to fathom. I have got the answer to the only answer I can see, and you won't be surprised to Marseille's problems is Teji Savernia. I think it has to be. <laughs> he's probably available for less than 10 million, probably 8 million maybe. And he would he would, he would would run the team. I really think he would. So I think he has to be their priority this summer. <laughs> Just buy him an ice house. Make sure yeah. his mother's there. Make sure all his all his family's around him. Yeah. yeah. He needs to he needs, um, he needs to know everyone. Move, move his entire neighbourhood if you need to. It probably <laughs> cost you a little bit to be fair. Then, and then maybe he can help out. But they... They will, while they haven't got much to play for now, they they would absolutely love the, to play the role of spoiler against Leon, who got a valuable point really against Leon. It looked like for a while that they might get all three in the first half, and then two absolutely awful defensive mistakes really cost them in the game against Leon that meant that they'd gone 2 1 up. And it's only thankful to Leo Dubois that they actually got the point that they they got. and that leaves them on the brink, really, because you look at the games afterwards, Conan and Nima, though, although we can't guarantee it, they look like more positive games for Leon. So this is absolutely massive because if they were to lose this one and Santetier and win on Friday and they go two points behind them and chasing at the end of the season and knowing how we've seen Leon, it would be, an utter, regardless of what's gone on this season with Genesio and the, the players and things behind the scenes, but not having Champions League football would be catastrophic for them wouldn't it yeah i think it would i think and i think it would be catastrophic but i'd also think it would be a, a situation of their own making i mean oh my god that's obvious because you know if you don't you have the talent you don't perform and you don't get what you want that's that's your fault but um this the genesio situation was handled bizarrely terribly uh, by by the club um, it, I don't know who was responsible for the fact that the news got out. They were going to offer him a new contract, and 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 there's nothing perhaps they can do about that. But the fact that they were set off from that new contract, then it was sort of withdrawn after that rent defeat to Rennes in the Coupe de France semi-final, and then there was that game of Dijon where it was t just they lost three-one at home. It was just a terrible, like toxic atmosphere. Fans have been going at Genesio for a long time now, and it just feels like that it was a self it was self implosion and. That hadn't happened say if they just come out and said we'll decide about genesio at the end of the year as we did last year genesio would have been fine with that he's going absolutely no way he's he's a leon he's leon through and through would have gone absolutely nowhere would have, nothing would have changed with him he would have said fine i'll wait till the end of the season and 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 and, and wait for the decision then and we'll see where we're at that would have been that would have been great and that would have that they would be i you know that they would have 
picked up a couple more wins, I would argue. They've lost some silly games since since that Ren semi-final. Obviously, the, the defeat itself is is going to be malaise-inducing, if you like. But I think that this is a, a, a situation the club have manufactured for themselves. And um, you're absolutely right. No Champions League football, given the stature of the team and the club and the, the new stadium and, and the, the talent they've got. Um, and would be ridiculous, really. Um, and I would argue that they're, it's pretty equal with Sinatian. All right, they're, they're a point ahead with three games left. Sinatian are in much better form. They're a, a lot more sort of together. They're a lot more sort of predictable in terms of performances at the moment. And they could they could realistically be overhauled. If, you know, that uh, Moussa Dembele header in injury time in a derby to win the derby, will pro you know, if they get into Champions League, that'll be why. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's... It would be a disaster actually right, if they didn't get into Champions League, and um, they they're on the verge of sort of managing to 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 to, to mess it up. And um, it'd be a real shame for Genesio if, if if they do end end his tenure on such a such a low note, um, because I actually think he's been better than people give him credit for. I know that he gets a lot of criticism from the press and from a lot of journalists and a lot and the fans obviously don't like him, but. All right, they they have struggled against lower uh, league and teams, and they've fluctuated in performances a lot. I think he's actually done a half, like at least a half decent job. I think he's done a pretty decent job overall. It just hasn't been as good as it perhaps could have been given the talent at his disposal. Um, so yeah, I think uh, no Champions League football for Leon would would be disastrous. And one one more point to this: Marseille are in the same position as Montpellier that we talked about earlier. And Montpellier, we, we were saying, we fancy the game against Sinetian. If yeah. If Marseille can get a win here, then they they and the results go their way. Say Montpellier win too, that they they will see themselves as back in the chase for, for fourth, which is huge for Marseille. So, and and Marseille obviously got talent and they can win this game. Um, so it's it's a real tough one for Lyon. Yeah, really really tough one, and it, that that's the thing, isn't it? There. <laughs> missing out on Champions League football would be terrible, but I'm sure they'll be. They'll be cheering on Chelsea on, on the Europa League final. They've made it through on on penalties, and if they were to win, then the the league's place will be an automatic spot, and not having to start in July will be just as positive because that'll be a a little bit of a blow, really, even if he gets that. Because they've really sort of flattered to deceive a lot, haven't they? We've mentioned that they sort of play whatever level they're playing against, and the, it's come back to bite them numerous times. But it's it's just. Def defensive silly mo moments. I mean, and it's come from two of their best players this season, really. D Jason Denier does the first one against Leo that, that gifts the ball for the opener, and then Leo Dubois sort of does a... I can't under quite understand what he's trying to do during that free kick that allow uh, allow Suari to, to to grab the, the second as well. It's just so disappointing that they keep having these moments and it's going to be interesting to see what their summer looks like because there's going to be a couple looking at the door and a couple um, they will want to keep that, that teams might come for as well so it's seeing what they can really do because it looks like especially someone like Ndombele is going to be going but maybe that might be a blessing in disguise in terms of maybe you play Awa there then and then get a new defensive midfielder in or something like that that they They've got an interesting summer ahead of them as well, but they'll be absolutely laser focused on making sure that they get Champions League football or at least trying to. But problem is, is that, like we mentioned, with the amount of people clearing out there, including Genesio, does anyone really care? I mean, there's even the offer that Genesio might stay on as a as a technical director, but he's kind of seems to have poo-pooed that idea in the end and it is ready to just leave altogether which is completely understandable in his scenario there's the fact that uh, the strange report that they were talking to Juninho to come in as a, a sporting director with 
not really a, a heap of experience and for some reason having Lamouche as, as the coach underneath him which made even more baffling sense given his uh, reign at Rennes and the fact that they were talking more about Blancs and Mourinho's and, and such like that it just it's a bit of a crazy show at the moment and, and Olas needs to hopefully get Champions League football first and then second of all have a real plan in the summer and get it actioned as soon as possible to get the right people in the door and, and, and change their, this team for the better next season and and go again for Champions League football, yes, but a much better season overall and a better feeling because they'll be glad that they, at least they got through the knockout to the knockout stages of the Europa League. But, uh, sorry, the Champions League because it it gave them a little bit of something in their their season that has been pretty pretty dire really in in other circumstances. Uh, let's get predictions. I, I feel like Leon are going to win this one. Um, like we say, they they play up to teams and the, maybe this is just their perfect chance to to get one over someone they they want to rival as well and, and give them that one last step towards Champions League football as well. I'm going for a 2-1 win. Um, Adam, what do you think? Um, it's going to be close. Marseille at home, um, maybe just Leon. I'm going to go 3-2, same as last season. Yeah, it's definitely not one to miss because the Leon-Marseille games are always uh, full of... Blood and Thunder, much like a, a Santa Tien, maybe less so than a, a derby with Santa Tien, but always a great affair with top players going against it and big stakes in this one as well. So it'd be great to watch. That's all for this week. My thanks to Adam and all of you listening at home. Join us for the main show, which will be back on Monday. But for now, enjoy your weekend of football.